Tim. So last week um, when we were having the uh, prayer time and people asked if anyone needed prayer for healing, um, a few people did hang around me and prayed for me and um, you asked if, if there was any healings and mm. I thought it might have been but I wasn't game to say. But um, last week, um, I've, for about a month or two months, I've actually been really struggling with uh, the back of my, the top of my back. And in fact, I've had to come home and actually lay down and actually pop it back into place. And the last week, I've had no pain, not no problems. Yeah, I just yeah, just just needed to say that. Praise God for that. <sighs> That's awesome. So good. I remember. Who remembers when I had that albatross word that night? Do you remember that? And it was like all night I just kept bringing up this albatross and no, it was, no, it was such a distinctive word. And a lady came up to me right at the end of the night after everybody kind of left and said, oh, my husband has a yacht and it's got this massive spinnaker and it's a massive albatross. Could that be it, do you think? <laughs> it's like, that was it. So we prayed for her and God got her. So, so often, you know, as you step out in these things, sometimes people just forget, you know, and, and just, you know. Anyway, it's supposed to be encouragement for you. You wouldn't believe how many times I've stepped out and um, gone for words of knowledge with waitresses and things like that and just got it completely wrong. But who knows that you've got to be in it to win it, <laughs> right? You've got to be able to, and there's times, of course, where it's been right. It has been right, and you, you get to learn. Okay, yep, that was you, God, and that wasn't. And sometimes they might just be lying as well, <laughs> right? or, or no, don't really want to say, who is this freak that knows my birthday, <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, it's now up to you, Jody. you got to bring it home from here. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's give Jody a hand. Woohoo! So, we ready to be encouraged? I'm ready to be encouraged. I'm already encouraged, but I'm ready for more. Who's ready for more? More from the Father. Uh, I want to read out a scripture. Let me just find it for you. It's in Acts 16 from verse 22. It's the story of Paul and Silas. Remember, uh, they were thrown in jail. I'm just giving you the backtrack so I can start from verse 22. They were thrown in jail because they essentially brought deliverance over a lady and the, uh, the crowd complained because the lady who um, was now free, she had been um, a psychic and a whole bunch of stuff. She couldn't make money for her people anymore. And it was disrupting the whole town because people were getting free. And so accusation came against Paul and Silas and they were thrown in jail. That's some of the backtrack. Start from verse 22 and I will read this. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. So the crowd joined in. Ever been through a season where you feel like it wasn't just that accusation came against you, the whole crowd decided to join in? Ever been through one of those seasons and then lo and behold, just when things are at their worst, they get worse, the people pick up rods and you feel like now they're going to beat me up as well. Ever felt beaten up by something that you've been through? Well, Paul and Silas can relate with us. 
after they had been severely flogged, not just a little bit flogged, severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, why were they in the inner cell? People were most likely concerned that someone was going to come try and break them out or that because they knew that crazy wild things were going on around these disciples, you just never knew. You never knew. It was actually showing a whole lot of faith by the jailers, really, to throw them into the inner cell. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and all at once the prison doors flung open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted to the jailer, don't harm yourself, we're all still here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now what I want to say to us is this, that I'm going to lead into to, um, an encouragement for all of us today is simply this. When you've been through a season that has been hard or tired or you feel like you've been flogged and that just has kept going from worse to worse to worse and you've uh, maybe just been through a season where it feels like an accusation has come against you or it's just been a hard season. Just like Paul and Silas, the way through that season is to praise Jesus' name. But what I want to encourage us with is that the season that begins when it's a hard season is a season that also ends. And midnight is upon us. Midnight is upon us where the chains broke off, the prison cells opened, and not only did Paul and Silas get free, but salvation started to be restored to even those who put him in jail. And so there was a whole season of deliverance and freedom and restoration and upgrades and God breaking out, not just in those who were accused, but in those who did the accusing. It's just about midnight. There is a whole new season that we're coming into where we're coming up to that moment again where it's just about midnight. So what is it that we as children of God, as his sons and daughters, need to do in this hour more than we have ever done before? We praise and we worship. And we don't look at the, the fact that some of us have felt like we've been in a pit. Some of us have felt like we've been in a prison. Some of us have felt like, oh my gosh, how long will this go on? And yet we praise and we worship because it's just about midnight. And not only are you getting free, but there's a whole restoration that is going to break out around you and around us. Amen. Where God is bringing freedom and deliverance into not just your life, but into the life of those who you have influence over. 
There's an upgrade coming of freedom and deliverance. And so it's a season as we do in this church because we have such a heart to worship, do we not? Such a heart to be decreeing through our praise that God is good. He's a good, good father. He is the one who split the sea so that we could walk right through. There is a mantle over this house to worship. And so it's a season that we're going to press in more and more and more and more because we are going to see the midnight hour and we will see the suddenly and we will see the chains break off and we will see those who come and say, what must I do to be saved? And we will see not just our lives uh, come into a new season of deliverance, but we're going to see those who threw us into prison come into deliverance. There's a new season and I've been saying this for week after week after week after week but there's a key in the kingdom that you decree and then you see. You decree and then you see. And so we are called as a people of God that when you tap into the sound coming out of heaven and you hear the word, you hear the prophetic word that is starting to come through and you hear what God is saying despite in the natural what our circumstances look like, we hold on to that and we decree what God is saying. We decree and then we see. And so this is how God grows faith in his people. We all ask for faith upgrades, right, for more faith. Well, the bottom line is that sometimes how God grows faith is that he says, take your eyes off what's going on around you right now. Praise and worship me. Praise and worship me. And I want you to decree what you're seeing I'm saying out of heaven, not what you're seeing happening around you. And in the process of worshipping and praising, God shifts the natural. It's in the process of simply saying, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to worship like there's no tomorrow. I am going to pour out my praise on you, God, with abandoned passion. I am going to decree what I am seeing in heaven and I'm going to believe you that as I decree what you're saying, that things on the earth are going to shift into alignment with what heaven's decreeing, amen? And that's how God stirs up faith. That's how God grows faith. It's through the simple uh, praising, worshipping, shifting our focus off what's going on around us and placing our focus on what God's saying and decreeing that, right? You get that? That's the season we're in. But it's crucial to the season we're in because it's almost midnight. Have you ever wondered, would the chains have come off had Paul and Silas looked at the jail cell and gone, oh, man, stuff this. Not again. What the heck am I doing in this prison cell now? I didn't do anything wrong, God. Why am I here? Why are things so tough? What the heck am I doing in here? Why were they beating me? I didn't do anything to deserve that, God. Would there have been a suddenly if Paul and Silas hadn't stood in the prison and stood and praised and worshipped? You know, on the other side of their breakthrough wasn't just their breakthrough. It was the entire prison's breakthrough. 
Is there any wonder that all hell was breaking loose around them? Because the enemy knew that if they come into a breakthrough here right now, it's not just them that are getting free. It's everyone else. And so if it has felt like there has been incredible resistance going on in your world towards breakthrough, then I want to give you a word from God. There has been. Actually, there has been. You know why? Because the enemy is not silly. He's not smarter than God, but he's also not silly. He knows that if he can keep you from praising and worshipping in a hard place, in a prison cell, in a dark, dark place, then he not only prevents your breakthrough, but he prevents the breakthrough of those around you. He's not going to make it easy. And that's why we gather together. That's why we have been uh, saying in this place uh, over and over and over and over again, together we're stronger because there's something about joining with like-hearted and like-minded people and allowing the Holy Spirit to stir up faith in us as a community and saying we are going to praise. We are going to worship. We are not going to look at the prison cell that I feel like I'm prophetically living in in this past season but I am going to look at what you are decreeing father and I'm going to praise and I am going to worship and I am expecting that clock to tick over to midnight and there will be a suddenly and not only is breakthrough coming to my world but it's coming to everyone's world around me there's going to be a whole new season of deliverance and freedom that spirit of torment comes off in the suddenly hour That anxiety comes off in the suddenly hour. That continual pressure that has been trying to keep people squashed and hopeless, that comes off in the midnight hour. There's a whole new season that God is stirring up faith for in his people. Do you sense that where there's faith upgrades coming? That supernatural strength to be able to stand on what God is decreeing and praise and worship and decree until we see. There's a whole new supernatural grace coming on his people in this hour because it's really, really crucial that we praise and we worship and we decree until we see. And we're already beginning to see how good is God. It's not even like we're not seeing. We're seeing miracles break out all the time around us. I know there has been bubblings and stirrings of things breaking out in all of our worlds. And it's all an encouragement that the midnight hour is coming. That the suddenly season is almost but upon us. That the chains are beginning to rattle. (laughs) The chains are beginning to rattle. There's a breakthrough that's coming upon his people and there is a a, a corporate breakthrough that is about to suddenly shift us into a whole new realm of faith, a whole new realm of God pouring out his presence, amen? And so during this season, there are uh, two things that I wanted to talk about tonight. One of them is simply this, endurance, and the other one is encounter, God's growing an endurance in his people. Who feels like that at the moment? It's sometimes not fun, right? (laughs) When God is stirring up and building and, and breathing endurance over his people. And in a season of endurance, you know what we need? We need encounter. 
Because when we know that we're in a season where, oh my gosh, I know God is just calling me to stand. Just get through this. God's a good, good father. And he pours out incredible encounters over us in those seasons that encourage us that equip us, that enable us to keep going. And here is another reason why we come together and we praise and we worship and we decree until we see. Because it takes us into an encounter that enables us to endure. Aren't you glad that God's real? Aren't you glad that uh, God pours out real encounter that it doesn't have to be a theological understanding that it's actually real that God does something in our our hearts he does it at home too right but isn't there something special that happens when corporately the church comes together and he starts to release breakthroughs in our hearts in our minds in our bodies we see healings we see our deliverance we see shift of atmospheres right and something just stirs up within us that encourages us I love that um Endurance is defined like this. These are a few of the ways endurance can be defined. The ability or strength to continue or last, especially despite fatigue, stress or other adverse conditions. The ability to do something difficult for a long time. The quality of continuing for a long time. The ability to withstand hardship or adversity such as a marathon runner. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Don't you think? Like I was reading that today and I was like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Who wants to be learning endurance? This is my definition. Doing today well, empowered by him. That's endurance. Not worrying about tomorrow, doing today well, empowered by him. Now that I can do. Here's how you let endurance be grown in your life. You take your focus off what's going on around you and you put your focus on him. And then you say, God, give me the grace to do today well, empowered by you. Now that becomes, or that puts it back in the realm of grace. It puts it back in the realm of ease. And it puts it back in the realm of your able God, You are more than able. You have sufficient grace for me today. The key is not to worry about tomorrow. God has grace for you today. You know, trials and temptations come. This is Hebrews 1, 2 to 8. I just want to read this to you. Consider it pure joy, brothers. This is, I just want to say, this is another one of those Bible verses that when you read them right, you kind of go, I don't know if I want to read that, God. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Some translations say endurance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all who, to all without finding fault. Don't you kind of like that? 
He gives generously to everyone who asks without finding any fault. And it will be given unto him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord, because he is a double-minded man and unstable in all he does. It simply means this, right? Don't let fear come in when you read that, because if fear comes in, that's not God. That's the enemy putting works onto you and saying, see, you're not perfect, you can never do that, so you therefore will always be double-minded and you're never going to receive what God has for you. That's not God. That's the enemy. Grace is simply this. I receive the grace that I need for today. I'm asking you for the wisdom that you pour out generously that I need for today. And I lean in to that supernatural ability to be able to hear what it is you're saying and then I lean into the grace that is supplied that when you speak, you give the grace and I step out today in what you've asked me to do today. When the wind and the rain rise up around me, as they do, right? Anyone not realise that in life yet? That even as we hear God and we step out in grace and we ask him to empower us with that grace, that the wind and the wave usually tends to try and shift our focus away from God and onto the wind and waves. You get that? So even as that happened, here's how you don't be double-minded. You don't have to ignore the wind and the waves because that's just kind of lying to yourself. You have to say, even though the wind and the waves are there, God, I can see it. I can see the attack. I can see the stuff. I can see the things that are coming at me. I can see the distractions. But God, I purpose in my heart to trust you. I purpose in my heart to trust you. You can do that, right? Double-minded is looking at the wind and the waves and saying, I don't think I can trust you, God. Those waves are pretty big. I don't trust you. Then you look at God again. You say, I trust you. And there becomes a toing and a froing that keeps us unstable, insecure, and in fear. The way to not be double-minded is to simply lean into childlike trust. I don't care how big the waves are. I don't care what the distractions are. I don't care what's coming against me. I know it's horrible, and I'm even fearful, God, but I trust you. I trust you. Like a little child, when Keely was little and she'd come and hold our hand or she'd come into the room at night if something was bothering her. It's a simple, purposed act of childlike trust. God, I'm scared, but I trust you. Right there is an act of trust and it's an act of purposing in our hearts that God is good. You know, the trials that we pass through, are they give us endurance, but they also build favour, they build influence and they build a new authority in our lives. That's often not encouraging when you're going through a trial. But it is worthy of holding on to. You know, there's a supernatural endurance that we're going to release over us today because there's an ability that God gives us to be able to do what we can do and then he'll do what he will do. 
what he can do. Does that make sense? You do what's in your hand and then God does what's in his hand. So sometimes when we're walking through things, the only thing that God's asking of us is to rest. There's other times where God's saying, I want you to stand. There's other times where God's saying to us, I want you to walk or I want you to run. I want you to charge that thing down, right? And then as we do whatever God is saying for us to do, he comes in and does what only he can do. But he does partner with us. And he does expect us to step out in childlike trust and do what it is he's asking us to do. Sometimes that might simply be, I'm showing up on Sunday and I'm going to praise my guts out, as Ben would say. Because this week has been so terrible, I can't afford to not show up and praise my guts out this week. It could be that my week has been so incredibly incredible that there's no way I'm not going to praise my guts out this week with everyone. But there are times where God expects us to, as um, little children, step into trust and do what he's asking us to do, right? So the examples of where God has um, partnered with people from the Bible, obviously there's Joshua, remember? When uh, Joshua was taking the Israelites into the Promised Land and he crossed the Jordan River and uh, God said to uh, Joshua to send the priests in first and then they had to step into the river and cross, the river didn't start to, uh, to split and pile up upon itself, the Bible says in, I think it's Joshua 3. The river didn't stop um, flowing and start piling up until the priests were sent in. There was an expectation that the people would partner with childlike trust, step in. Then the river stopped. Moses, remember he says, let my people go. And he kept decreeing, uh, kept decreeing what he heard and God backed him up. But Moses had to decree first what God was saying. Then God backed him up. There was something that God was stirring within Moses where he said, you've heard me, now decree it. Moses decreed it and then he saw it. You know, Deborah, Judge Deborah, who's one of the amazing women in the Bible, judge over Israel, she delivered a prophetic word to the leader of the army that God gave her and then she was promoted to lead the army and uh, great death came over, well, victory came over them as she led them into war, right? She led the whole nation into victory. But she had to go and deliver the word that God gave her to go and give to the leader. She had to do that. God didn't send an angel and say, um, I'm sending this angel. Now, there are times where that happened, but I'm giving you examples of where God's partnering with us, with humanity, and expects a simple childlike step where we step out and we say, all right, God, I trust you. I'm going to do my bit, and I'm trusting you to do your bit. And his bit is so much more incredible. When all heaven backs us up, when we in simple childlike trust just step out and do what he's asking. David, of course, you know, who eventually became King David, as we know, he simply started out as a humble shepherd. He looked after sheep in the field. You know, that meant that he killed the lion, as we heard Ben share about, I think it was last week, right? It meant he killed the lion and he killed, he killed the bear long before he, flew, uh, he flung that uh, stone at Goliath. 
He was faithful being a shepherd long before he became the saviour of a nation. Long before God made him king, he was faithful as a shepherd. He was faithful in his day-to-day life when a lion came against the sheep and he simply said, you know, I can tell you this, he did not say when he killed that lion, I need to do that because one day I'm going to be king and I need to know how to do this. He said, I'm responsible for looking after these sheep and that lion wants to kill my sheep so I need to get rid of the lion. And he stepped out and he got rid of the lion. Then he did the same with the bear. And day by day by day, God grew faith in him. God drew, uh, grew endurance in him. And God showed him that when he stepped out and did what was in his hand to do, that God backed him up. There's a, a, a journey that we all go on where there's a, a choice we make to have a daily excellence of heart. To just do today well. Not worry about tomorrow, but just do today well. And if that simply looks like I'm going to get up and I'm going to love my family and I'm going to, yes, I got angry at that person and I shouldn't have, God, I'm just going to come to you and say, forgive me again. I'm sorry, forgive me. Help me do better. It could just mean turning up to work and saying, God, I just want to release you today, whether that's through speech or whether that's through just showing up and doing the best that I can do today. I'm going to trust you to be with me today. It could mean that God's asking us to have a heart massage and deal with some deep issues of our heart that he's been highlighting and saying, today we're going to do some heart business. And that's doing today well. It could just be that he's saying, take your family out and have some fun. Because today what I'd like you to do, to do well, is that I want you to show your family what fun looks like. There's a whole lot of different ways to do today well. But all of them are excellence of heart. And all of them are allowing to grow in our lives, childlike trust to do today well, and to grow endurance in our walk. You know, there's keys to doing that, as we said. We decree into our, de- our tomorrow. So let's get this right. We decree promise into our tomorrows. We decree what we're hearing God say into our tomorrows. But you live your today well. Because you can't live your tomorrow, you can only live your today. So the responsibility as we partner with heaven is that I will do my today well. I don't need to worry about my tomorrow because I'm not living my tomorrow. I'm decreeing into my tomorrow and I'm living my today and I will steward my day well with you. That's growing endurance and that's growing childlike trust. And there is grace for your today, not your tomorrow. And so as you wake up every morning, you say, I receive the grace that you have for me today. That's why I love waking up at 555. There is nothing better in my life than when I wake up at 555 and I just go, oh, grace, grace, grace. Thank you, Jesus. I just receive what you have for me today. Thank you, Lord. 
You know, there's pure joy, there's supernatural joy that is uh, poured out when we lean in and we partner with him. James 1.2 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Want me to read that again? Because it's another one of those verses that usually when we read it, we skip over it because we're like, I don't want the trials, the trials. I don't want the hard days. I'm not even going to think about that. I'm not even going to talk about that because it's not what I want. And yet who knows that it's a it's life if we're going to be authentic Christians, authentic lovers of God then it's learning how to walk through trials as well and learning how to receive pure joy walking through the trial. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. What's the testing of your faith? Anything that brings distraction or doubt to your faith. It's really that simple. Anything. Good times can bring distraction or doubt to your faith and therefore it's a trial. Can you still love God when things are going brilliantly? Can you still love on God when things are going terribly? Our core beliefs need to simply be that God is good. God is good. When things are going brilliantly, when things are going terribly, God is good. And so regardless of what's going on around us, we can lean in for pure joy. We can lean in for a pouring out of supernatural joy. You can trust that God is working on your behalf. Romans 8.28 says this, I love that picture. Some days I feel like that and some days I really don't. But on the days I really don't, I believe that I will feel like that. Romans 8.28, all things work together for good who love, for those who love the Lord. We know that, right? It's one of those verses that if you've been around the church, the kingdom for any length of time, you know that verse over and over and over. Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And Chris Vallotton, I think, is famous for saying, um, so if it's not good, it's not over. Because all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. So if you're looking at your life right now and you're going, well, it's not good yet, then it's not over yet. <laughs> It's really that simple. But uh, this verse actually says to us this, that it's completely unnecessary. That verse, all things work together for good, is actually completely unnecessary to have in the Bible if every prayer is answered immediately. Why would we need to know that all things work together for good if every prayer we pray, done. It's there because there often is a season between decreeing and seeing. And in that seasons where you hold on to verses like that, 
all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. So, Father, it's not looking like that right now. So I'm asking you to move in my circumstances, to move in my surroundings, Father, and bring good out of what is going on around me. I decree that you are good. You are a good, good Father. It's you that split the ocean. It's you that splits the sea. It's you that split the Jordan River, Father. So I'm decreeing your goodness into my circumstances right now, and I'm partnering and agreeing with your word that you're speaking over my life, that I can trust you father i can see the waves lord and yes i am afraid right now but in you i am brave i ask for an impartation of courage father to get through today give me your grace to get through today give me that ability to not look at those waves coming at me father but to look at you because you're saying get out of the boat and walk on the water you're saying to me i am with you i am with you i am with you so i lean into what you're saying god and in simple childlike trust i say, yes, I feel really tired. I feel really weak today, but I'm holding your hand and I'm going to get out of the boat and you're going to be with me today. That's called not being double-minded. That's called endurance and that, that is called growing in faith in childlike trust. Nobody lives a perfect life. Nobody, everyone comes up against trials and sufferings and hard seasons and hard days. The choice is will I partner with heaven and hold on to his hand and just keep going. Enduring faith leads to enduring breakthrough. You don't want a breakthrough that lasts but a moment. You want a breakthrough that's sustained, right? Enduring faith leads to enduring breakthrough. So when we're going through a hard season, let's flip it and shift the focus and simply say, God, what are you growing in me right now? I know it's not you that's attacking me because you're good, but what are you growing in me right now? Because I know that all things work together for good, so I can ask you right now, in your goodness, show me what it is you're growing in me because I want to partner with you and I just want to grow in what it is I need to grow in because I want an enduring breakthrough. I want a sustained breakthrough over my life. And so if I need to grow in something right now, God, what is it? I want to partner with you well. I want to steward my hard season well. I want to be willing to, to put my hard season on an altar and say, God, grow in me whatever you want to grow in me in this. I'm giving you this. I'm sowing you my hard season and I'm believing for an increase, a harvest of breakthrough, sustained breakthrough. Doesn't that flip your hard season a little bit? When you say, I'm going to sow this hard season into you, God, I'm giving it to you and I'm going to lay it down on the altar and I'm going to say that there will be a harvest of breakthrough that comes from this season because I'm not going to let this season pass me by without taking from it, without uh, squeezing from it every last drop of goodness that you have for me in this season. Because I am going to come out of this season victorious. And I am going to come out of this season with the ability to stand with enduring breakthrough. And I am going to come out of this season with a harvest of breakthrough and victorious hope, Father. And my breakthrough will not just be my breakthrough, but it's going to be the whole prison's breakthrough. Because I'm going to stand with you and see the midnight hour come. There's a way to flip a hard season. 
There's a way to simply turn it on its head and take our eyes off the darkness and put it simply on the light and say, God, I'm going to see the prison walls come down because I'm going to praise you and I'm going to worship you and I'm not going to look at the prison walls even though I know that they're there and it stinks in here and it's a horrible place, but you are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God of the breakthrough and there is no other person worthy of my praise, worthy of my worship and I will not be one who is distracted and double-minded by letting the prison cell take my focus of you. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to shift my focus onto you in the good times and in the hard times. Huh. You know, God's interested in our character as much as he is the journey and character allows for stewarding breakthrough well. It's character that allows for stewarding breakthrough well. And character is built through trials. Consider it pure joy, brothers, when trials of any kind come against you because he's building perseverance in you to be able to steward enduring breakthrough thank you God that's where you can say God I know you're not evil and you're not pouring out this attack on me but I am thankful that you found me worthy to go through a hard season God because you found me worthy to be able to come out the other end with enduring breakthrough you found me worthy to be one who is called to not just have breakthrough in my life, but have breakthrough for the whole prison. That's where you find pure joy. That's where you find supernatural joy. That's not easy. And that's why we join together, right? There's a quote I wanted to read to you. We all need his power uh, poured out in our lives. We need encounter, as I started by saying. There's two reasons why we need power encounters, God, Holy Spirit showing up in our lives. Two main reasons. And um, I heard Bill Johnson sharing this the other day. It's simply because of this. Because when he pours out his power and there's encounter in our, life, in our lives, it reminds us of this, first of all. All things are possible with God. Because it shunts us out of the natural and reminds us of the supernatural. It reminds us that God is bigger than our circumstances, right? The second thing is simply this. It grows endurance in us to be able to wait for the breakthrough. Because God in his goodness says, even though you're stuck in a prison, I'm still going to pour out my presence. I'm still going to pour out the miraculous. I'm still going to pour out absolutely incredible things in your midst because I am encouraging you that there is still but more to press in for. And so encounter becomes... It becomes essential to be able to live an authentic Christian life. Now, um, this is a quote from Bill Johnson and I just found this incredibly challenging when I read this. You can tell how full of the Holy Spirit someone is by what it takes to distract them or discourage them. Want me to read that again? You can tell how full of the Holy Spirit someone is by what it takes to distract them or discourage them. Don't let condemnation drip in right now. It's simply alerting us to our need 
for simple childlike trust. I take your hand, God. Don't let me be distracted in this season. Help me trust. We all need that, right? And just like Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, (laughs) just like when they were thrown into the furnace, I always get that story mixed up with Daniel, who went in the lion's den and who went in the furnace. They went in the furnace, right? Um, When they were thrown into the furnace, and remember that incredible uh, line where it says, but there was a fourth man standing in the fire with them. We all have a need in our life through hot seasons when it feels like we've been chucked in the furnace and left to rot. We all have a need to know that there's a fourth man standing in the fire. You know why? Because little children need to know they're not alone. So if you find yourself going, where are you God in this? That is a correct childlike response. Because little children when they get scared, call out for their parents. Little children, when things are hard, call out for their heavenly dad. Little children who have childlike trust, when everything around them is swirling and God mad, simply say, God, where are you? Hold me, God. I need to know I'm not alone. And bang, there comes the encounter. And that is why encounter is so essential as we go through our life. Why it's so essential in hard seasons. Because little children need to know their dad's with them. Little children need to know you're not alone. We're just going to listen to um, two songs and we're just going to take a moment as we close to just allow a good, good father to do a good, good work in our hearts, right? Because I know that tonight, that for um, all of us, really, there's been a season of resistance where the enemy has wanted to convince us that we are alone. And a good, good father is wanting to remind us tonight that we are never alone, that he's in the fire with us, that he's right there next to us saying, you can trust me, hold on. Partner with me, just hold my hand. We're going to take a simple little step. And yes, I am growing endurance with you, but it simply looks like holding my hand. Let's not turn it into a hard, hard um, obstacle course of works. Supernatural endurance is holding on to your dad's hand and taking the next step. Let's, um, if you just want to put that on. You know, you might want to get comfortable, close your eyes. I'm going to play, Ben's going to play this song once through and then we're going to play one other song that simply talks to your spirit that you are a warrior, that you are a warrior. It's going to, I want you to receive the words of both these songs as a prophetic declaration of your heavenly father over you. For the season that you have been walking in and the season that you are in today and the season that God's taking you into tomorrow. So just close your eyes, get comfy. Let this speak to your spirit.
thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you that you are with us, God. Uh, and God, I just thank you that by your spirit right now, you're ministering to each of us, God. Hmm. We thank you that you are the fourth man in the fire with us. And you said that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you are with us, God. You are with us, Lord, and you comfort us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're just going to officially close, but we would love just to pray for you. We just ask that you just come down the front. If you would... Uh, just something that Jody's been talking about tonight with just this area of of endurance and you might be facing the fire, you may be facing the, the lion's den and you just want someone to stand with you and, and just to minister to you. We would love just to do that tonight. So please feel free just to come down the front. We're just going to stay in this vibe for a little bit, but we're done. We're done tonight. We just want to bless you. We want to just bless your week have an amazing week. There's coffee and tea, of course, but we're just going to kind of keep this vibe in here just now. And yeah, like we said, we love just to pray if you would want some prayer. So please just come forward. If you need healing, um, we'd love to pray for that as well. But God bless you. Have an amazing week. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm.